Everybody, how's it going today? So I've just got a little bit of, um, I, I guess, leftovers. I know it's Thursday, right? Um, so it's been a whole week of not doing this. And so maybe it's a little late. Um, but I know one of the things that, so we walked through Matthew 18, 21 to 35. So verse 21 through the end of the chapter on Sunday of last week. And um which is all about forgiveness, right? It's all about um, this. Um, uh, my heavenly father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. And so it, he goes back to something that he said um, a, a while ago in the gospel of Matthew and essentially says, if you don't forgive, then you won't be forgiven. Um, and and so the, the big punchline from Sunday essentially was, um, it, that you, it's mandated that we forgive. Um, and specifically in this context, just after the Matthew, the, the famous Matthew 18 um, bit in which uh, the church discipline and all of these things come from there, uh, just after that, so we can, we can sort of uh, um, deduce from the context that that um, this is really speaking about the same thing. So if if someone, again, I don't want to re-preach it, go back and listen if you want, but if someone again comes um, up to you and, um, and uh, says that um, you've sinned against them and they bring a, a case to you and you um, uh, think about it, pray about it, um, uh, dwell on it a little bit and and come to the conclusion like man i i shouldn't have done this i have sinned against this person and you um repent and you uh, go to them and and say you know man i'm i am sorry i should not have blah 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 right so that's the perfect picture the perfect picture is just uh, that these these things um uh uh sort of take care of themselves on the individual level or uh, individual or family level. Um, and, and that's the perfect picture. But, but then you, if that doesn't work, then uh, you take it to uh, an, another couple of people who are going to come and judge between you. And then if that doesn't work and there's no repentance or no admission of sin or, or whatever, uh, the, even though the sin is uh, obviously, even the, the couple of people come together and uh, come to the same conclusion, like, man, this was not okay. This was wrong of you. And, um, and here are the verses. Here's the scripture. This is how and why it was wrong of you. Um, and you, uh, there's still no repentance, no, uh, anything like that. Then you take it, um, to the next level, which is to the church. Uh, and, and then if that still doesn't work and the church can't convince the person, then, uh, you're to treat them as an unbeliever. Um, one, a couple of things. Um, so the, the big takeaway on, on Sunday was that you do not have a right 
uh, of unforgiveness. No matter the offense, you are not, um, it is not, it is never okay for the Christian to be unforgiving because one of the, the um, no matter what has been done to you, um, what you have done um, against God, the sins that you've committed against the God of the universe, are infinitely worse than anything that could possibly be done to you, uh, because he is infinitely worth more. And, and so, um, as a forgiven person, our posture is to be a forgiving person. Um, and so the, the, the big punchline again from Sunday was you're mandated, um, to forgive. You are, uh, commanded here to forgive. And, and in some really bold, troubling, uh, serious words from Christ, essentially, um, if you don't forgive, this is evidence that you're not a person that has been forgiven, that even understands forgiveness, uh, the forgiveness, frankly, that, that God offers in the gospel of Christ. And so, um, but there were a couple of things that we didn't talk about. And, and part of that was on purpose. I, I didn't want to um, anyone to walk away with this uh, sort of uh, idea that um, uh, I, I have to forgive, but I don't have to love the person or care about them ever again or whatever. Um, I, I wanted us to just to sit in what the text said. And the text doesn't say anything about um, uh, forgive and forget. It doesn't say anything about uh, uh, anything. All it tells you is that you do not have a right to unforgiveness, period. Done. Case closed. But then one of the things that will obviously come to mind, in fact, I was asked just after church, um, uh, before everyone had gone home, I was already asked this question, and I knew that I would be. Um, so there's this idea that, uh, but but when I forgive someone, does that mean that I let them back into the same place in my life, that we have the same exact relationship that we had before, um, that sort of thing? And, and because this is, um, uh, at some level, uh, applicable corporately, Okay, so uh, among God's people in general, among the, the local church, this is applicable. And the the text that Jesus had just been giving them, um, and individually. So Peter, his question in the beginning of this is an individual question: How often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Um, and so th this is a corporate and a uh, individual thing, this forgiveness mandate, this forgiveness command. Um, and so the answer, the thing that I'm about to say, uh, I, I guess, can also be taken on an individual level and or corporately. So um, long story short, uh, so the, the uh, question could be, um, do I let this person into my life in the same role, the same relationship, the same way that uh, they were in my life when this all happened, whatever the sin was? Um, well, on a corporate level, you could ask the question, do, do we allow, as a local church, this person to jump back into um, relationship with the church, i.e. ministry, 
uh, uh, specific ministries or, um, you know, if the person is, uh, God forbid, if the person was an elder or a deacon of some sort or led um, some other sort of ministry and all of a sudden this thing is discovered, they um, repent and, and the repentance is seemingly um, s- solid and from the heart and they're broken because of it and um, do do you let that person um, immediately, because they're forgiven, jump right back into eldership? Well, the obvious answer is no <laughs> to that, right? If, if you uh, were to catch an elder of a church cheating on their spouse, right, um, uh, with another member in the church, right, and you walk through that, that bunch of ugliness, um, and, and there is genuine, at least seemingly genuine repentance and uh, turning away from that sin and just a, a brokenness that, that, that there is, uh, blessed are those who mourn, uh, that, that, that there is, a, a realization of that. Um, if that's the case, this is still, eldership is still not a role for this person, right? Um, they they have proven themselves to not be qualified per the scriptures um, to do that. And so um, the short answer is no. Uh, you, you're not expected by this mandate from Christ in Matthew 18, 21 to 35, um, that we forgive one another does not necessarily mean that that the relationship is the same exact thing as it once was. Um, now, in a perfect world, it should mean that. It should mean that. Um, but one of the other things that, that Scripture tells us to do a lot is to discern. In fact, it's one of the gifts that the Spirit gives us. It's a skill. It's a, it's a, a gift that, that, um, that we grow in as we mature spiritually, as we spend more time in prayer, more time with God, more time in the Word. Um, we come to know God's character more. We come to see the dollar bill that's not counterfeit more clearly so that we spot the other things and um, all of that, right? So we grow in discernment, or we should, throughout our spiritual walk with God, our relationship, our sanctification with God. Um, and along with discernment is going to come this kind of thing. Um, uh, now, the, the, um, the main uh, example that I just used is, is something that, you know, y- you'll only hear about that in, in the news or something like that. Um, uh, it, it does happen, of course, that, that people in more prominent places of ministry um, fail to that extent. Um, but, but this is, um, we're not going to talk about that. What, what, what I want to talk about is just the, the average everyday, um, he said this, she said this about me kind of stuff. Um, because uh, one of the things that is, uh, a phrase that is used a lot nowadays is, um, this is not a safe relationship for me or this person isn't safe for me, um, or uh, toxic is another one. This relationship is toxic for me. So even if I forgive this person, right, um, this doesn't necessarily mean that we're best pals after um, something like this. And 
Now, so where's that line? What does that look like? Um, uh, what is discernment in that situation? If if uh, a brother in Christ, um, if I catch him uh, uh, rifling through the middle console of my edge or in the glove box, and I just happen to have a $100 bill laying around in there, and and I catch them in the act, and he's stealing it, right? Um we're we're not uh, I'm I'm not going to at that point be mandated by this text um, to to forgive him and um, give him the spare keys to my house right uh, th- that that is not something that happens um, overnight there's no expectation of that overnight in fact there's a a lot of um, situations like this where sin is involved and there's been a broken trust hurt. Uh, you've actually hurt someone. Um, there, there is uh, trust that needs to be rebuilt. There are, uh, there's a, a bit of this that that demands that the relationship be mended, and that's not something that that necessarily happens overnight. And it, and it's not always wise to try and force it to happen overnight. Um, uh, so the. Um, I guess I just wanted to very quickly run through that and say that, that, you know, discernment is something that is expected in the scriptures. It is expected that we make good decisions. And, um, and that would include this, um, and James 1, five. if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. Um, and so that's a that's a promise. That's a character of God thing that we're told in Scripture. So if if you run into something like this and, and there's discernment that is needed in a, in a particular situation, you go to God, you go to his word, you you pour yourself into studying the scriptures. What does God say about this? What does God say about this particular sin that has happened against me? Um, and and that is how you grow in discernment. You you fall on your knees. You beg God for wisdom. Um, you go to to other godly people that are in your life and ask them for not only for their prayers, but for um, uh, without it becoming gossip and just talking about it for the sake of talking about it. You, you ask some for some advice. What should I do? What does the scripture say that I should do? Um, because frankly, there are times that we're um, so involved in something and overwhelmed by something that we need other eyes who are not living in the same cloud that we're living in um, to help us see the scriptures clearly and and accurately, um, and so uh, that that is that's a real thing. Okay, uh, um, so uh, we we often hear um, I can forgive, but um, that doesn't mean you need to forget about it. Okay, so, <laughs> so that's a phrase that you hear a lot. Now, um, when Scripture says that um, God uh, will forget all of the uh, transgressions of his people and that that kind of language. Um, God can't forget in the sense that we typically think about forget, forgetting something. Um, there's there's no planet in which um, God uh, um, uh, something that you've done, uh, God forgives it and then actually forgets like, oh shoot, what did he do that time? That that's not how that works. God is omniscient and he never ceases to be omniscient. And if he's all knowing about all things and all thoughts at all times, period, 
um, and he is, um, then, then Scripture tells us that he forgets the transgressions of his people, or uh, it can't mean forget in the sense that he has a memory slip. Um, what, what it's talking about is that he is intentionally forgetting that you've committed that sin. He's, in, he's being intentional about um, forgetting that that happened. Um, in other words, he is intentionally treating you as if that never happened. So, um, should we forgive and forget when it comes to that? Yes. Because we're supposed to be what? Christ-like, right? We're supposed to be the same way that God is. Um, and, and yet, right, there, there is discernment necessary, um, if, um, if there's been, um, uh, uh, I mean, just an egregious sin committed against you, um, you're not going to invite that person. Uh, you, you, you won't hold it against them. That's the forget part. Like you, you intentionally forgive and you intentionally forget and, and not hold it against them, but you don't, you can't forget in the, in the sense that, um, the, the person is, um, just invited back into the same level. Uh, you put them in the same power um, in your life as they once had the same relationship. Um, that that's that's um, not wise. Okay, uh, and not comfortable isn't a good reason for that. Um, and the reason that it takes discernment is that um, the the perfect end to all of that is that there would be complete restoration and reconciliation of any relationship uh, that that is the goal that is the perfect world but um there there is also discernment and um you're not so again uh the example of the guy robbing me out of my my vehicle right it it's not wise of me to put him in a position that that could happen again um and uh two uh, there is trust that has been broken um and so uh, one of the things that i hate the most is when people say god trusts you to do this <laughs> and it, if that's theologically true it is merely because god trusts himself to enable you and 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 walk with you through it as uh, he's doing it through you um god trusts god as we should um so trust has to be rebuilt in in relationships depending on the nature of the sin uh, depending on the nature of the trust that is broken, um, the level of the trust that is broken. Um, a, uh, a five-year-old tells you a fib, right? Tells, uh, says flat to a parent's face, uh, a lies to them, right? A five-year-old lying to you is going to be something that, um, sure, there, there's trust that they have to earn back, right? But, but there's also a recognition that this is a fallen human being and that there's a reason that they lied and it's not necessarily because they love being a liar, right? That there's something going on in their heart behind that uh, sin. And, but it's totally different if um, an adult who is your, your peer, uh, a good, solid friend, um, you find out that they've been lying to you about um, several things for several years. Well, that's a totally different situation, 
right? Because now you've got someone who claims to know Christ, who claims the cross over their life, who claims that that they're a new creation, who is uh, perpetually, it seems, lying to you and um, and spreading falsehood and all, all that goes along with that. So that's a different situation than the five-year-old that lies to you. And, and that adult uh, knows better just as an adult, okay? But then as a, as a seasoned, you would think, believer, right, that, that person um, has now done something or it has come out that that person has been doing something that now, now they have to rebuild trust. Now there has been massive trust broken. Um, and so what does that look like? Well, it doesn't look like that. You know what? Forgive and forget. I trust you. Let's start over. Um, it, it's not wise of you to do that. And it's not helpful for them because there, there are consequences for sin. There are, um, issues that arise because of sin. Um, one of the things that I hate the most, again, about our culture, and we talked about this briefly um, just last night in our um, small group uh, study that we're doing. Um, one of the things about culture is this this idea that um, uh, uh, retributive justice is penned against um, uh, restorative justice. And restorative justice is always the goal, no matter what, and retributive justice is not good. There's this idea in our culture today that um, that that people sin because they've been sinned against. Um, that that the the child molester, for instance, um, does what he's done because of abuses that have happened to him in his childhood or, or whatever it might be, the upbringing and the the physical abuse by his parents and that sort of thing. And of course, look, I'm, what I'm not going to say is that that doesn't have a, an effect. Of course, that helps shape a person. But but we sin because because we have an evil heart. That's why we sin. And, and sin um, uh, and my sin, no matter the things that have happened in my past that, that shaped that or maybe led me down that path, uh, I'm, I only um, sin because it's what my flesh wants to do in that moment. That's why I sin. If you didn't have flesh in you that, that, uh, that is opposed to God, that is against God, that is self-serving, that is self-idolizing, self-worshipping, if that didn't exist in you, then it would absolutely not matter what the world did to you. It wouldn't matter what people in your past did to you. It wouldn't matter what anyone ever did to you. You would never, ever sin because you would not want that. You would not um, fall into that. You wouldn't be self-serving um, in that way. You would be the person in the garden, who, the make-believe person in the garden who would would never have said, um, uh, yeah, well, I can be like God. Wonderful. Let me eat this piece of fruit then. Because there would have been no desire of yours to be God, to be your own God. Um, so flesh, flesh is a thing, um, whether we want to uh, talk about it or not, acknowledge it or not. And, and our culture, um, it's good to investigate, okay? It's good to investigate um, what happened in life that has sort of shaped you into the kind of sinner that you've become, right? Like that's good and okay. And we need to figure that out. But, but that cannot change the fact that you have sinned 
because he, here's the thing. Uh, scripture tells us that the sins of the father um, are are not going to be treated by God as the sins of the son, that, that each one will die for his own sin, will be punished for their own sin. Um, and this is obviously with critical race theory and social justice and these sorts of things in our culture. There's, there's a huge movement in our culture today that tells you, you know, Hey, but your forefathers did this and that and the other thing. So you need to repent for their sin. Um, Lamenting and repenting are two different things there. It's okay for us to look back and go, man, that was horrific. Uh, this was horrific. Those things were horrific. That instance was horrific. And man, we cannot repeat that because the word says this, because God has revealed this. That's important and good and wonderful. Um, but but don't think for a moment that the sins of the past are your uh, sins. Okay, because it's not you. You'll be punished for your own sins. And what that tells me, okay, is that each person, no matter what has shaped them, is responsible for their own sins that will lead to their own particular damnation. And and um, so all that being said, sin, sin breaks things. Sin breaks relationships. Sin hurts relationships. And so when people have been sinned against, it actually doesn't do them any favors. It helps them to know that they're forgiven, right? But, but there, there should not be—this uh, is important for you if you've been the sinner in the relationship that, that has been forgiven. You, you cannot expect that your sin will now have no effect whatsoever on the relationship because— um, because sin breaks things, um, and and there are consequences of sin. There are natural consequences of sin. If you murder someone, and the family, uh, by God's grace, forgives you for that, you're still going to prison, right? And and even if even if your uh, prison sentence is is knocked off, and um, there's a, a time serve thing that happens. The person, there's still a consequence because the person that you've murdered is still dead and they cannot come back. And so there's still a, a massive uh, amount of brokenness and pain that follows that sin. The family will never have their brother back or whoever. Um, and and the um, maybe the kids of that brother will never have dad again. And uh, And so you see how it's a domino effect. Sin has natural consequences, and and so it it doesn't actually help anything to uh, forgive and then automatically pretend like everything is perfect again. It doesn't help. So all all that to say, okay, you you have no right to be a person who doesn't forgive. You have no right to do that, and to not forgive someone. Is, is a telling thing when you stand before a, a God someday whom you've sinned against, who is perfect and you're not, who is holy and you're not, who is righteous and you're not, um, and, and, and you've sinned against that God. A, a sinner sinning against some other sinner is not as, uh, um, uh, not as great as the fact that a sinner sinning is sinning against God. 
because God is perfect. Um, he is absolutely holy. So to sin against him is, is um, a, a bigger deal. Um, so all that to be said, when you stand before God someday, um, whom you have sinned against, and that sin being against God is far greater than, than the sin um, that, that has been committed against you simply because of who it has been committed against. And you stand before God and expect that he has forgiven you. Um, when, when you <laughs> have, uh, uh, you haven't forgiven, um, others, um, it, it's ludicrous. And this is the kind of the point Jesus is making. That doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even make sense that that you would be someone who expects forgiveness from God, who just expects that, that um, your greater sin is going to be forgiven when you can't forgive someone who, uh, not can't, when you choose not to forgive someone who has wronged you in some way. Um, but the point of this brief episode is to say that that doesn't mean that you forgive um, and that the relationship instantly is mended and becomes what it becomes again. If uh, you cheat on your spouse, it's going to be a long time before that insecurity doesn't exist anymore. It's going to, and it doesn't matter how good you behave, how many guards you've put up, how often you've you, you, all the work, it doesn't matter the work you put in. It's going to likely be a long time, um, before, before you get to say, man, it's been, uh, 10 years already, right? I'm not going to do this again. I'm a different person. Like, uh, it's going to be a while before you've earned trust back in such a way that, that it doesn't affect anymore, that, that the effects of that are now in the past. Um, so if someone calls you, um, a dirty, rotten booger head, that that's probably not something that, um, that you're going to need to change the relationship for. Um, but, but just understand as the, as the person that has been sinned against, you must forgive, you must forget in the sense that God forgets, in the sense that you're choosing not to hold that against them again, but you must also be wise and understand and know that it's not helpful um, necessarily or, or um, very good discernment, uh, biblical discernment, to, to jump right back into the same sort of relationship that you had before. Maybe, right? That's, that's not necessarily what is um, going to happen. So uh, anyway, that's that's all I've got for you today, um, and I'll be back. I actually already know what I'm going to be talking about um, the next episode that I do, um, and it's probably it's probably going to be called "There Is No Such Thing as Non-Binary." So I'll just let you uh, I'll just let you get mad about that or um, uh, make your assumptions, and then we'll. We'll hit it when we hit it.